Hi everyone, and welcome to Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. I'm your host, Jimena Garcia. This show is all about understanding yourself through plant medicine, as well as providing education and knowledge around this topic. I hope you guys love listening to this episode as much I enjoy recording it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. And today's episode, it was born from a question that someone asked me earlier today. As I mentioned before, in a lot of my episodes, I sit and I marinate into what will be the next topic, what is important for me to share to my listeners for them to to um, understand the different elements and shades and textures of this plant medicine world. And I always think about the name of the podcast, the title, Traditional Medicine, and the reason why it was created. And as I mentioned before, the reason why it was created, of course, it was to share my insight into what I have learned and the things that have been given, but also to have a conversation and educate based on the information that I have learned from my teachers. And as I mentioned that before, anyways, and not all of it has to be specifically to a plan. There is some other elements that surround this world. And one of them that is becoming I don't know if it's very popular right now or it has been really popular in the past. I don't know in terms of metrics, what is the rate of this topic and is volunteering, volunteering in healing centers, in peyote ceremonies, in iboga retreats, ayahuasca retreats, kind of being a volunteer. There is a process to it. There is a pros and cons of it. And also there is a difference of how it works depending on where you want to volunteer. And in this episode, I'm going to talk specifically about volunteer Ashama Flora because that's as far as my experience go. And as the director, I definitely have contacts and have done my first share of research with the locals, with my teachers, with other facilitators that work in the area. And I've been checking in and asking questions because I do get a lot of people that want to come and volunteer. Um, At least the ratio of it is one person a month, if not more. And a little secret there, at least for from my experience and what I've seen and what I've heard is not that easy for doing this in the jungle, in the center and other centers like Shaman Flora. And the reason why that is, is because first of all, the locals, meaning the people that work at the retreat centers, not all of them. I'm not, I'm not generalizing because I can't generalize because I don't know all of them, but I just talk about the ones that work at my center. They're not a big fan, fan of volunteers for a different list, different reasons. 
Uh, one of them is being that the volunteer doesn't speak the language. So what does that make? That make that if you want to volunteer in a place like Iquitos, where you want to go into the jungle and help in the center and all of those things, if you don't speak English, I mean, if you don't speak Spanish, it's going to be really hard because the amount of places that have an English speaking person is not very high. And the ones that do speak English usually are the facilitators. And sometimes they don't spend their entire time in the jungle, in the center, because either they live outside of the jungle and they have their own home in the city and that's where they spend most of their time. And then when they there is a retreat, they, they go, but then they're not there. Or some of them come from different places. So they're, they're not even in the city, right? So when we think about these things and you realize that not speaking the language is a barrier, it's a huge barrier because as a volunteer, the tasks that you have, depending of who you are, is going to require to have communications with the workers of the space. And sometimes the workers of the space, if not all the time, they don't speak English. They only speak Spanish because they're from the land. So that's like number one is like they don't speak the language. It's hard to communicate with them. And, and that creates a challenge. However, there is places that they have on-site admins that they speak English. If there is a place that have an on-site admin that is speak English, it's super beneficial because then there is a chance. And that's one of the things that in Shaman Flora, once we do have an on-site admin that is speak English that lives in the place, then that creates a little bit more room for people to come in. But even then, the process is still hard because there is other things that also need to be vet and take taken into account for you to volunteer in a place like the jungle. So the second thing that I also have learned that it makes it challenging is as Westerners don't have the experience of cohabitating in the jungle, meaning we did not, we, we were not raised in how to walk the trails on identifying what snakes or animals or things are poison. We don't have that relationship in and that um, skin of jungle because we were not born there and we were not raised there. So I was talking to one of my employees, my on-site admin. She doesn't speak English, but she's fantastic at what she does. And I was talking to her and I was asking her, I said, Hey, I have all of these people that want to volunteer for the center. They want to come in. They want to help build. They want to clean the bathrooms. They want to clean the bedrooms. They want to make the beds. They want to make the food. They, they want to help, um, you know, lifting things up, replanting trees, like all of these things, right? They want to do all of these things. And then she looked at me and, and, th and then I said, And she said, but they don't, but if they don't speak English, it's going to be really hard. And I was, and I, and then I said, what if I get someone here that speaks English and then this person can translate? And she said, hmm, it may work to give them tasks like 
cleaning the bathrooms, the bedrooms and folding things, but to do some of the work that we actually need help with, that is like building, construction, um, agriculture, like handiwork. She said, doing that, she said, Jimena, I worry. I think it's a liability. And I said, why? Tell me more. And then she said, well, when you are hiking in the jungle with 40 pounds of wood on your back and you trip, you're going to hurt yourself really, really bad. And the challenge with the Westerners, she said, is that they don't have the experience of doing that. They don't have the experience of working in the jungle and sweating in the jungle and doing jungle work because they come from the West and their works are so much different. So at the end of the day, they end up being more work than help because now they either trip or, or they can't do enough or they slow everyone down. So if they don't have that ability, it's actually not worth it. And I said, wow. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. Because when I truly think about it, when I'm in the jungle and I see them work and I see how they do the things and how they hike and, and how they carry so many stuff in their backs and they, they carry like 50, 60, 70 pounds on their backs for hours and they can still perform the tasks that go throughout the day. They, they climb trees. They do all of these things that, of course, all of us can do it, but the knowledge that they have that keeps them safe from not hurting themselves and for them to continue working is something that only comes with experience. And for them to teach that to another person that eventually is going to just be there for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and then leave is not worth it. So that's, that's another aspect for them that is really, really challenging. And then now we go into the other side of the spectrum and is the medicines. And now we're going to go down that path because a lot of volunteers that I have interviewed, that I've known, that want to go down there, one of the reasons why they want to volunteer that is part of the packet is to work with the plant, to either sit with ayahuasca or do a master plant or do some sort of healing in the process of the volunteering. And here's where the challenge lies, is when you're volunteering a place, you're working. So you are constantly either helping in the kitchen, helping with cleaning, helping with like transporting things. You're, it was like your days are like, constantly busy. It's not like you're laying in a hammock and you're relaxing. There is, there's things that as a volunteer, you need to take care of every single day. So with that being said, if you are doing this, this work, and then you go in and you do an ayahuasca ceremony, and then you had a really intense experience, and then you come out and you can't do any of your duties because the experience was so intense that you need to process for yourself, then you're really not doing the work that you came to do. So now the 
expectation that the employees have from the volunteer has been breached and now there is friction. And of course, all of this can be addressed and alleviated and taken into account. And a lot of people that volunteer, they want the exchange to be to be able to do the medicines. But at the end of the day, the facilitator that is working at the space is being paid to work with the clients, not the volunteer. So now there is a whole logistic that it brings such a high level of complexity to the space that centers, and I say centers because I've known of other centers that is similar. I'm not going to say names because I don't know, but I've talked to facilitators of different centers. They're like the liability and the cost of having someone volunteer is so much higher than what the volunteer brings. And some of you may be listening and saying, hey, Jimena, but like, what about the healing? What about, what about, you know, supporting the community and doing all of this? I, I totally believe and I'm aligned in that. But I also believe that it's important that we're mindful of the businesses. Because for those of you that are listening and have never run a healing center, it's not an easy business to run. There are so many different aspects that go into it to truly do it justice to it, to truly give it the respect and the integrity that it deserves for it to be run with the most pure of intentions from the ground up, meaning the structure of the business to the experience that you give to those that come and join the space. So as a person that owns one, when I'm working the logistics parts of the space, I'm always thinking about a few things. The first one is every outcome gets to be a positive result to all the parties involved. So everybody wins. And if you win, but the business doesn't win, then that is not fair to the business. Yes, we're helping somebody, but now the business is getting hurt because it's helping somebody. And that is a very toxic exchange because now what we're saying is that it's okay for me to give and then get wounded in the process of helping somebody else. So what we're doing is we're going against the rules of the plane. If there is an emergency, you do the oxygen mask first on you and then on the person because you can't help yourself. If you you can't help them, you can't help others if you if you don't help yourself first. So that's one of the things that is really really important that everybody ends up winning having a winning out of the situation. The second thing is to be as honest and transparent as I can be with my clients, with my partners, with my medicines, with um, the shamans, with everybody that is involved for me to be as transparent as possible. And the most important thing is making sure that I'm being, I'm in alignment with what is being demanded from the land, from the plants, from the 
spirits to me. That's basically what it drives me. So when it comes to volunteering, is one of those things that I wish I could help so many people that they want to do volunteer. And the sad truth is that not everybody has the skills that it requires to do this job. And sometimes also the places don't have the resources to host someone to volunteer. So that's why it's so challenging because it's like to find a place that has the resources and the person that has the skills to be able to match those, it takes time. So with all that being said, what are the skills that a person needs to have in order to volunteer in a center like Shaman Flora? And when I say like Shaman Flora, a place that doesn't have English-speaking people on site, a place that is um, deep in the jungle, and a place that works with different medicines and with a very traditional structure. So the first thing that the thing that is the most important is for you to speak Spanish. You got to be able to speak Spanish. You got to be able to understand it. You, you got to be able to, if you don't, it's just not, it's going to make it so much harder for the people that work in the place to teach you and to train you because the people that teach you and train you, they only speak Spanish. So that's the first one. The second one, and this one is really, really important, to have a ton of resilience and tenacity. You got to be a person that you are extremely humble, have a ton of humility, that your sense of resilience and tenacity is super, super, super big, and your humility too, because you're going to be taught by people that their humility and their essence to service and their being to service is like really, really, really high. They're very, very humble. They have a ton of humility. So you coming in and behaving in a way that disrespects them or that makes them feel like you feel like you're better than them, that's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. The the culture in, in places like Iquitos, especially in the center, is very compassionate, honest, and supportive where we're all equals, including myself, including me as the the caretaker of the land and the person that, you know, runs the the the, the process of the place from like finances to marketing to um, interviewing to facilitating. I'm equal to all of them. Uh, the third one, and I think the one that is really, really, really important as all of them is for you to not romanticize the space. What do I mean by that is the jungle is a gorgeous place. It really has so much beauty in it. And not only the landscape and the trees and the greenery and the sound is just sometimes the way it makes you feel. It's so profound. The, the ease, the peace, the the joy, there's so much that, that comes with that. The birds, the, the, the monkeys, I mean... I could go on and on and I could talk to you for hours of the beauty of this place. And it's as beautiful as it is not. (laughs) When you go to the jungle, you can see so clearly 
the separation between life and death of like beauty and disgust of like birth and rotten like it's just it's so clear so clear you can just be in the forest and you can look and you can see so many trees and leaves and things on the ground and it's so dirty and and you know and and brown and black and mud and 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 rocks and all of these things that it could look so chaotic but then you kind of like look up and then you look at the sky and then you have this stunning green tall lush like beautiful sight so you can experience all of it at once so when we come to the other side of the spectrum of the beauty to like now the dark side of the jungle is pretty intense there is a lot of things that come with being in a place that first of all it's in the middle of nature that the jungle tends to eat everything and then you're surrounded by insects and mosquitoes and all these weird animals that you have never seen in your life and that you have no idea that if they touch you, they'll kill you. <laughs> so with that being said, as a volunteer, you got to be very mindful of these things. I was talking to, again, my admin, and we were talking about volunteers. We actually were having a conversation because I wanted to know more. So it was when we were having the previous conversation that I mentioned. And she was like, when she was telling me about like, oh, these like the Westerners and things like that. And then she said to me, she said, Jimena, the reason why I say this is because my experience when the center was full of volunteers, because the center at some point used to have a lot of volunteers. And she said, and one time we were, we were working with one and that we were hiking and then a snake showed up and this volunteer went straight to try to touch the snake. And then we terrified because he was a very poison snake we like call his attention and told him hey what are you doing and then she said Jimena I worry that if you bring me volunteers and then like we see a jaguar or we see like a deadly animal that they are going to react in a way that it will put him or her or even us in jeopardy so I I, I thought about it and I was like oh my god I can't believe this is true and she said it is because you Westerners don't understand the dangers of this place. We do, because we grew up in it. And, and we were taught, and we were raised that way. That, of course, there is, there is a crossover in the middle. And I can talk more about that in another episode. But it's, it's one of those things that it is really important to understand and the reason why I'm saying it again is because even if I say it, people sometimes don't get it, that the jungle deserves so much respect, not only from a place of admiring its beauty, but also being cautious of its dangers. Really, really important. So that's that one. Uh, so have a lot of understanding for, for the jungle. And then another one is that it ties with humility, with no expectations of, am I going to be drinking with the medicine or not? It's kind of like being a volunteer 
If you really look in the dictionary what the word volunteer means, and I'm actually going to look it up. A person who freely offers to take part in an enterprise undertake a task. Freely offers to do something. Ooh, a person who does a job without being paid for it. Look at that. So when we really look at the definition of a volunteer, what I'm hearing is that it's someone that is being of service. And what does it mean of being of service, of service peeps? Being of service is being willing to do something without saying no. And of course, I mean, I mean something that of course it doesn't hurt you, it doesn't like jeopardize you or any way, but in this context, the context that we're talking is if I'm being of service in a center as a volunteer, my job is to do a job and not reject that. Say, yes, that's what I'm going to be doing. Is to put yourself in a place of service. What do you need? How can I help you? Of course, of course, of course. There is this training that I did um, many years ago, and they were teaching me about being of service and what does it mean to be of service. And one of the things that they taught me was, Jimena, when you are ser- when you are of service, when you are being of service in a community, an environment, anywhere that you are, and someone asks you to do something, do never, ever say no. Say, of course. Even if you need to say no, don't say no. Say, of course. Or say, um, wait a second, can we talk more about that? What does this entail before you say no? Because when you're being of service, and you instantly say no, it creates that energy that breaks the flow of the container. So that's another thing with volunteers. They gotta be able to have that heart of service for what they're coming to do. And of course, having skills like agriculture or Reiki or cooking, construction, cleaning organizations, having like a set of skills that it really can be utilized in the space for the benefit of the community and the work that the place is doing, it gets you so, so far. And for example, if you're a person that you have an agriculture background and you're coming here to help, it's so awesome. I have I had a few people with that background that, that they have come and I really wished I could have opened the doors to them to come, but it couldn't because they didn't speak any Spanish. And then to realize that they were only going to be there for three months. And then the challenge in that is, okay, so they come, they plant, they create this environment, and now they leave. And then who's going to take care of it? Because some of the workers will not be able to take care of it because they their schedule is already filled up. So if they take care of it, they have to drop something else. So you see what I'm saying? There is all of these aspects that if it doesn't align, is really, really challenging to hire someone as a volunteer. It has to be like this 
the stars gotta be perfect. So for those of you that are listening, if you ever get the opportunity to volunteer somewhere and the, the stars align and everything works out, be so grateful because there's so, so many moving pieces that come with that process. And also be of service, like be the most humble, open, willing to work, loving, compassionate, understanding, hard work individual that you could be. Because a volunteer also can add so much value to the space if it's the right volunteer. I believe that. But it could also take away so much for the space. So with all that being said, for those of you that are listening, if you ever feel called to volunteering, um, in a healing center, working with plants, and you think that you have the requirements that I said, you speak Spanish, you have a skill, you have the humility, you understand what it takes, you are conscious of the space and the environment that you're going to be putting yourself in and have zero expectations of working with medicine and things like that, just reach out to me and then we can have a conversation and see how will that look like. A lot of volunteers that eventually end up working in the spaces, sometimes they become employees with time um, because if they fit all the criterias and they match the energy of the place, they match the energy of the workers and the energy of what is being created, they become part of the family. That before I close... And thank you so much for bringing this forward to the jungle. Another thing that I forgot is also the connection to the land. Let's say everything works out. Everything aligns. You are the perfect match. And now you go into the space. Does the last straw that will have you stay or leave? Because the land also chooses who stays in the land. So if you come and you stay and then the land is like, mm -mm, this is not going to work out. You and I, nope. Then something will happen in the experience that it will have you remove yourself from the place. Because it has happened before. I've seen it happen during my management and I've heard it happen in the previous management. So the land is very particular of who works on the land because once you work on the land and you connect it with the land, then you're not only part of the family of the team, but you become part of the land. You as an individual now have amazing allies from the place that will watch and take care of you because the land knows that you are taking care of it. So that's the beautiful thing about working with this, with this environment and in this business is that when you work for something higher than yourself, then you are giving to something that eventually will give you back. And now it becomes an equal exchange of energy. So super important, the humility always. Always, always, always. That is something that I practice every single day because nature really appreciates people that are humble, that really bow to their presence because 
they are worthy of that, like we are, even just because they're plants and they don't talk and they don't have a mouth and, and they don't walk like us. It doesn't mean that they don't deserve the respect and the attention that we receive from others. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And again, if you want to volunteer, don't ever get discouraged. I always tell my friends, my family, and my clients that if there is something that you really, really want, it doesn't matter how many doors they close, just keep knocking and eventually one of them will open. I guarantee you that. It's just a matter of keep going. Have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are and whenever you're listening and sending you so many loves and blessings and talk to you the next time. Thank you so much, so much gratitude and many blessings to you for listening to today's podcast. Please subscribe to the show and tune into our next episode every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram or join us, our Facebook group at Rainforest Healing Center. And lastly, please rate and review the show on our Apple podcast. This is the best way you can support us so we can get the show to more people just like you that want to learn about plant medicine. 